You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Okay, here we are again and this time we are at the Jönköping Academy and have an international guest here. Um, his name is Christian von Plessen. Welcome Christian. And my name is Nicolien Wackerberg and I'm development leader at Kultura and also a lecturer here at Jönköping Academy. Christian, um, well I know you're from Denmark but you are going somewhere else. Can you explain a little bit who you are and then explain a little bit your experience of coaching and your thoughts? Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. In this very hospitable environment of Jönköping. Happy to be here. So I'm from Denmark, as you say, and I've been uh, uh, working in improvement uh, for many, many years. Um, from my background in medicine, I'm a pulmonary physician and... Uh, and my work has been in both an improvement and practical improvement in hospitals mainly, uh, but it's also been in research and improvement and patient safety. Um, so I've kind of had a dual career, both as a doctor and, and as an improver, and perhaps a triple career as a researcher. So um, I've been a leader of a research center and an improvement center in, in a region in Denmark, in the region of southern Denmark, for the last last uh, four years, nearly four years. And um, now I'm moving to Switzerland, where I'll also be um, working in improvement for, for a, a Swiss canton and then uh, for a hospital and then also do research in the field uh, for the University of, of uh, Lausanne in the canton Vaud in Switzerland. Okay, so you have a lot of years experience of improvement work. Uh, and this, this pod is about coaching. Um, do you think that coaches has something to do with improvement work or is it just in sports? <laughs> I think improvement work has, has something to do, uh, coaching has something to do with any kind of work. I mean, it's, uh, with any kind of practice, I would say. So, so if you think of the practice of improvement or the practice of healthcare as a physician or a nurse or a physiotherapist or what, whatever role you have, um, there is this... Um, challenge of um, finding out of what you want to do mm -hmm. and how you want to do it and to understand where you're going to understand where you are mm -hmm. um, and that's a general genuine uh, human question obviously i mean it's it's a question for any 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 human being but especially for a practitioner where you want to try to um where you try to do something good for somebody else so, so you really have to get a feel of your environment, of the reality you work in. So, so coaching, in my view, is a way of um, reflecting on that reality, looking at it with the help of somebody else, um, and get a better feel of it, get a, get a clearer perspective, perhaps, or perhaps mm. a different perspectives. So, um, so you are a bit talking about creating awareness? Yeah. I'm talking about creating awareness, yes. Uh, also a, a conscious uh, relationship, so you have to make yeah. things explicit. So what you oftentimes see, for example, now I'm here in, in Jönköping uh, as part of a panel, and uh, 
we are helping a, a research environment to uh, to look at their work during the last 10 years and how they want to proceed. So, so the experience is that a lot of good work, uh, a lot of good ideas, a lot of good projects uh, is being done. But um, when when uh, the practitioners who have to, to created these projects and the work uh, describe it, they leave out certain aspects. So then the coach comes in and then you can ask, well, um, what does that mean? Or what does it mean for you? Or <clears throat> was there something else? Or there was something else I heard, but did you mean that? So you can kind of open some some windows uh, through which you can look at, at, at the work, um, also the improvement work, obviously. Mm. Um, and then create this awareness, uh, consciousness of, of what is actually going on and how you also contribute to that. So if, if I'm a coach, so you said maybe you can forget some aspects. Do you see some as aspects that are often forgotten? Do you see that, oh, you really have to see? Yeah. So what kind of aspects? Well, in, in clinical practice, I mean, in any therapeutic relationship, it's your own role. Mm -hmm. Oh. That's an important aspect, and that's also an important aspect in any kind of team. So how do I contribute? How do I not contribute uh, in saying and doing uh, um, to, to the success of a team, of an improvement team, for example? So, so, um, so that's kind of the main blind spot, I think. Okay, so it's the... by nature very difficult to be aware of what you're doing what yourself are doing all the time because it in a way it also means that you kind of have to slow down a bit um <clears throat> which which when you act and when you when you are in an emergency of setting and try to improve care for something and and, and i mean there's no time to stop so 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 you just you do things right mm. um but it's not only about acting it's also about doing the right thing mm. or at least trying to find out to do the right thing or asking the right questions. So, so yes, so I think it's really uh, very much related to one's own role in a team and an improvement team. Does it differ from um, coaching the individual to coaching a team? I think it differs uh, in the, I mean, that's kind of a question. I mean, for, for the coach, from the coach perspective, it certainly does. Mm. Uh, if you go to a team, you have to have, you have to be able to kind of sense more relationships. Yeah. You have to be able to, to uh, see more persons at a time mm. and, and look at their interactions. <clears throat> on the other hand, when you have a team, you coach, you can see what's going on in between them. Mm. So you can see how the individual, uh, might influence another individual just from the way they, uh, they talk with each other. And if you do uh, individual coaching, you can't see that. Yes. So you can do kind of observational studies uh, of real actions uh, when you coach a team. Uh, when you coach an individual, you have to rely on what they're saying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, we were thinking about when, when we should start this um, pod, we were talking about the different type of coaching. Yeah. Now we are in, in the individual coaching and the, the team coaching, but uh, were you thinking about that when you said the different types or were you thinking about something else? Yeah, so one, one axis is obviously how many, I mean, is it a team or an individual? <clears throat> Another is, I, I would say, something like um, um, more about, uh, so there's coaching in all kinds of areas. For example, um, mentoring a PhD student. 
I mean, that can be very much of a coaching relationship. But it's, it's probably more a mixed relationship. It's both a coaching relationship, but you also contribute to the work itself. So that would be more a mixed type of coaching. And you have to be able to kind of move in between being very much the coach or very much the, uh, the person who challenges or the person who contributes actively. Or, so, so mixed type of coaching, coaching versus kind of pure coaching. Mm-hmm. You were just a coach. Then you would certainly not contribute to the work itself. I mean, you would rather reflect on the work with the people who do it. Um, so that that would be one important difference. Um, <clears throat> I would also think that um, the um, so there's this idea of a holding group. So you can have a group of of colleagues or friends that you work with over a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually have a a group that can coach, coach an individual. Mm. Um, so if you know them well, and then, then you can have this uh, this uh, kind of turn it around. So you have one coach for a whole team, but you can have, also have a whole team that's coaching one person. <clears throat> so that will be another type of coaching, a team, a team coaching an individual, as opposed to an individual coaching a team. Um, wait a minute. You said now you can have a whole team coaching one individual. Yes. Explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, I mean that would that would in a way be uh, be even uh, uh, a more how would you say a more elaborate way of of uh, capitalizing on this idea of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So so if you have one coach for for a person or for a team, um, this one person will also be kind of limited by his or her own perspectives. But if you have a couple of coaches for one person, great luxury in a way. Yeah, it's very great be, luxury. There might be many perspectives. Mm. Um, but I know of uh, of uh, of uh, people who do that, and uh, and um, it's often based on long term relationships. Mm. So you can have a kind of a holding group uh, that meets regularly, and then one person steps steps kind of in the middle. And, and then the others can can uh, hear what's going on and reflect on that, or help the person herself reflect on that. Okay, now yeah, it sounds like reflective teams to me. It could be a reflective team, but but um, but I think it can also be a co- coaching relationship yeah, yeah, very yeah. clearly. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice turn uh, because normally it's a coach to a team and not a team to a coach uh, or hmm. a team to person. So yeah, I think that's also a resource question, obviously. So, so I mean, if we oh. look in, in coaching and improvement, I mean, it's also something you can really, really kind of systematize and establish in an organization that you that you want oh. that you that you want uh, a coaching capacity for your improvement teams. For example, the the Butzorg in in Holland, <clears throat> they have a very small management team for these now. I don't, I think, nine thousand nurses that are involved, but they also have a an on-demand coaching. For the for the clinical teams, so so they have institutionalized this capacity of coaching, and uh, so 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 it's also a resource question how many how many people you can have up for that. And on demand, do you mean that you can just phone now? I need a coach. Yeah, you can say well we have a problem here in the team and we need a coach, so they can do that. Yes. Okay, so that's also a challenge, um, how you can make that. But okay. Yeah. So obviously, I mean. Um, 
many coaching relationships. So, so if you say in, in kind of lay terms, so do you have a coach? Mm-hmm. So it could be a personal coach or, yeah, or yeah. a professional coach in medicine, for example, you might have a more senior colleague and it helps you or in improvement, you have a, a mentor that could be a coaching relationship. So, but do you have a coach and then would you probably most often also in therapeutic relationships and in psychoanalysis, for example, psychotherapy, those coaching relationships would be over a longer time. No? So, so they get to know the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you institutionalize that in an organization, this will oftentimes be more something that you have to establish around the problem. Um, because you cannot have the capacity for many employees to coach and it's for everybody. It's kind yeah. of not yeah. possible. Yeah. If we just go back to the improvement work, if you mm. make improvement works, um, how do you see the future of an improvement coach? Um, I think in terms of in terms of the reality, at least in Scandinavian and perhaps in European healthcare systems, I would say that um, there are not many organizations who that really invest in that kind of mm. um, work, coaching, which doesn't mean that there is not a need. On the contrary, um, and and many health professionals today really complain about uh, not having time to reflect anymore. Mm. And coaching is a space for reflection. I mean, you. You, you supply the, 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 the person with the, with the attention for the situation, for the person or for the team, uh, but you also, you also invest the time. And with that time, you create a space that is not your practice space, obviously. So, so you, you create a space and that has a cost, obviously. And not having that space might also have a cost, but, but that's what many healthcare people uh, in, in, in many countries today see that, that that kind of reflective space for either professional questions or, or scientific questions or just how they do their work or for the, how they do improvement is quite, uh, quite a lot under pressure. So how do you think we can um, cope with that? What, what do we see for solution or... I, th- I think m- many healthcare and in, in healthcare um, in, in healthcare professions in general, the idea of mentoring each other mm. is actually quite deep, deeply uh, uh, rooted in, in the professional identity and in the professional um, ethics also. Mm. <clears throat> so you you have the senior colleague who who you can go to and ask. Uh, which is not the same as that this person really is a good coach. That's no, a different, no. a different issue. But there is something in 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 these professions that is about uh, mentoring at least, mm. uh, which is not exactly the same, but it has elements of it. Um, so that 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 is there. I mean, there's also in professional societies there are programs for for mentoring and coaching and mm. for burnout, for example, or for second victim problem problems. Um, mm-hmm. So. So that does exist, um, and I think it's very important to, to keep that uh, going. Otherwise, we don't we don't get reflective practitioners, but we don't get learning organizations either. No, no. And um, the space of reflection, we also should put in the space of action mm-hmm. after reflection. Yeah. Um, okay, it's nice to talk and it's nice to have a lot of ideas and a lot of intentions. Mm-hmm. But how do we take the next step? Well, my, my experience from, from coaching and being coached, so when it goes well, yeah. what I see is that you get this kind of, aha, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. 
Okay. So it's not that the coach as such is responsible for the action, but the coach can help the acting part, mm. the practitioner, um, become aware of uh, potential for action, or perhaps not action, but potential for for making uh, making a change uh, in in the way he or she acts herself mm. or himself, uh, or interacts with the team. Mm. So so I think I mean that's. Perhaps even could even say, well, a coach is certainly not responsible for the action. Uh, the coach is responsible for unearthing <laughs> yeah, on, the potential. Unlocking, unlocking yes. Yes. Unlocking potential. Um, now I remember another thing from your work, the word resilience. Yeah. Uh, and coaching and resilience. Um, I, I think there is a link. Yeah, there's an interest. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what you're thinking about, but... but um, I would say that um, could for you a just team to explain what what is resilience? Because maybe not everybody who yeah. So resilience it. is kind of a more pragmatic definition would be to say that you can keep keep up operations in the in the uh, way they should be kept uh, under varying conditions. Mm? So it's kind of a neutral definition. So so in a, in a, a team and in, in an emergency department, and there's a lot of things going on and it's really everybody's coming in and there are three three cardiac arrests and so on and the team still can help the patients mm -hmm. in a way that makes sense uh, and, and it's, it's good good quality so under pressure you can you can still perform so that will be a resilient organizational resilience is also biological and psychological but it's in terms of organizational resilience so that an organization can keep going in spite of varying conditions and conditions always vary so there's never the normal, just perfect situation. No, no, I know. So, mm. so you need that. So you just kind of bounce back to, mm. uh, 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 you can kind of adapt and bounce back to a level where you can say, okay, this is what we want to do and then also do it. And how can you coach that? I think you can coach it by, by helping people to um, think about their practice and, and think about, well, um, what... Um, what is it we see so they can monitor what's going on and you can help them to learn from their practice. Um, <clears throat> you can also help them to think about how they can adapt in a space where they don't have to be so resilient right there. So, so they don't have to kind of balance uh, effectiveness and, and thoroughness all the time. Um, so, so, um, so I think um, the coach would be very good to kind of um, make more uh, visible the, the resilient uh, potentials. Mm -hmm. uh, of, um, and then and thereby helping the team to, to think about situations in their, in their practice. Um, and perhaps also situations where the adaptation did work so well and, and try to learn from that or where it did go very well and learn from that um, and try to Try to think about ways to, to improve that. So yes, I agree. I mean, uh, an awareness of how you work, also resiliently, um, should should help you uh, kind of improve your work. Yeah, so it should be a part of of coaching, um, maybe more on what it is today. I, th I think we are not always aware of the resilience coaching or we are, we are starting to be more aware of it. I don't know if, if that's been um, I don't know if the link has been explored kind of in, in writing I mean that would be interesting to do 
Um, so if anybody has written about the connection between coaching and resilience, um, there's been a lot of discussion about how you can, can kind of improve resilience or how you can help teams be more resilient or, or be resilient at all mm. <laughs> or feel that they are resilient. Um, and, and one way that's been suggested is through their resilient potentials and, and how do you then work on them. Mm. Um, and coaching could be a way, I would say. I mean, teams can work on that alone too. Um, but, but I mean, given the fact that the, the blind spots are quite common, yeah. uh, a coach might be helpful, yes. I think you can find the writing, maybe not in health and social care, but you can no. find the writing in business cases, I okay. think. Yeah. There you can find yeah, it. Yeah, so that would be interesting, but perhaps also bring it into the literature on, on resilience on, and, yes. yeah, and, and the more in the healthcare field. Yes, yes, yes. So that could be um, our next step. Mm -hmm. Look for um, for new articles of, about resilience and coaching. Okay, well, um, I think it was very interesting to talk to you. We have been talking about awareness, creating space for reflection. And the last part was um, resilience. And um, maybe you want to, to summarize, because I know you know well, uh, much more about resilience and what you would like to do, in maybe in Switzerland or whatever. Um, something to to say to our listeners um, how they could improve their resilience i don't know <laughs> how should we sum up this how would it sum up so i i think uh, from from a healthcare leadership perspective i think it's really important to to um, create space for a re reflective practice and i think coaching is a very a very good way of doing that so that's one um, so healthcare leaders are really uh, asked to to, to support this. Um, in terms of uh, more kind of conceptual or, or how can we work on this uh, more from a research perspective, it would be interesting to explore links for, between uh, resilience and coaching um, in kind of in, with, the, with, the, with the perspective of um, how can we work with resilience uh, in healthcare teams. Yes. <clears throat> so that will be very interesting. Um, and then more on a personal note, I would say, well, um, it's not always that the coach finds you, but it's also that you can find your coach. And it need all, not always be somebody you pay. It can also be a critical friend. Yes. yes. Uh, so you can actually, in relationships, develop the, um, um, the, the capacity and the competencies for coaching. So mm. you can help each other also with close colleagues. Uh, and, 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 and that is being used quite a lot, I would say. But, but um, if, you, if you think you, you might need a coach, you could just try to find somebody yourself, I think. I think that's a really nice closure. So maybe to all our listeners, go out and find your own coach. Right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden. 